again. It's 28 years. Can you believe it's that long? Vaskov's Berks Jazz Fest. They just keep flying by and it gets bigger and better every time. Welcome to your backstage pass here on the People Chronicles. My name is Joe Painter and this show is made possible by the Berks Arts Council. And if you've been following over the years, and I know many of you have, you've met Eric Koala, right? Heard the story? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll wrap. And this year here. we thought we'd put the two together and it wasn't really well, my idea. Just fine, nice Eric. You. Oh, you're kidding, you guys didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we actually, the first time I, I did a, a Pops uh, special guest was at City Park and Will was the conductor yes. that night. So that would oh, be 2005 so you, or four yes. or something. We, we like have that. a history. You we guessed it with the Pops already. Yes. I did this not know that. This would be my fourth time, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I always wonder, and I should do that properly, you were the conductor of the uh, Reading Pops for how many years now? Right. Since 2000, I've been involved in a conducting capacity. Wow. And you have over 30 years of published authorship under your belt? You do oh, a yes. Lot of I've, I've had an opportunity with the, uh, and, writing and, texts um, and arranging. And education, Kutztown, Millersville, yes, Catholic University, yes. I think. Yes. <laughs> you got that all right. I, I'm telling you, every <laughs> once in a while I get it right. And Eric, you know, I feel like... That's maestro right there. It is maestro? maestro. <laughs> do you go by maestro? I do not. No. I do Conductor. Not. It's Will. 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 It's Will. <laughs> I like Will. That. I like that. I'll call you my my strip. My strip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch <Strut>. it. Oh. <laughs> Eric. Yes. I feel like I've just watched your career blossom. Well, it's I'm trying. I mean, I just keep trying to do stuff that is you know unique to what I do. And I started the Uptown Band back in 2005. Do you remember being on the show with me? Yeah. In 2005. Somewhere it was around your there. First debut with the yeah. Jazz Fest. Something like that. That's where we debuted back at the old yeah. Casa Grande 12 years ago. Yeah. And still doing that. That's what I do for a living. I'm also an entertainment agent, uh, and I and I privately teach as well. Um, but I always had this this this. Uh, feel that I wanted to do great American songbook type of songs, solo, myself, yeah. and I'm um, finally doing that. I'm going to be putting out a, a great American songbook album in the style of Michael Buble and Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra in about six months. So is, that'll be about two months. Is that going to be the flavor of your show? Because yep. you're with the Reading Pops, it's going to yep. be great American songbook. Yep, it's going to be myself, wow. uh, Benny Sims, my producer, who mm -hmm. obviously you know with the Groove Masters, and then Steve Rudolph, who is a fabulous mm -hmm. piano player from Harrisburg, yeah. and Mr. Bill Tessar, a drummer from the area now who used to live in New York and did a lot of studio recordings up there. But what we're doing is, uh, my CD is, is going to feature songs like Have You Met Miss Jones, All My Tomorrows, Frank Sinatra, uh, Ooh Baby Baby, Smokey Robinson, and they're all original arrangements from my arranger, Dave De Palma, who is who used to be my saxophone uh, teacher as well. And he has arranged all of these songs for the CD, and now what he is doing is he is taking them and making them fit the Reading Pops. So it's going to be really, really uh, unique because there are our own arrangements that are going to be set to Will and the Reading Pops. So it'll be really neat. There's a lot of moving parts, if you will. A lot. In this story. <laughs> yes. So in this case, where it's Dave De Palma's arrangements. Yep. Um, so it's original arrangements, but classic, classic music, great well, American songbook. Yep. Who's taking the lead? Do you take the lead as the conductor, or do you take the lead as the quartet? We don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be somebody we'll find has out, to lead right? in that dance, right? Sure, sure. But, but uh, <laughs> in situations like that, uh, my role as a conductor really is to be accompanimental. That is, I okay. accompany the soloist. It, gotcha. It's up to me to keep the orchestra with the soloist, in this case with the, with the combo yep. that's going to be up front. So then you take the lead, so to speak. 
know, well, you're yeah. following, somebody's following someone. Well, and it's Dave's arrangements, and obviously with me putting them on my CD, I know where things are supposed to be and what yep. it's supposed to be. What Dave is basically doing is, if you think about, like, a, what I like to think about it is like a, like a two-on-two basketball game. That's basically <laughs> like what the CD is, and now what oh, Dave is okay. doing is making it a five-on-five basketball game because the CD is, is more of a smaller, it's a 17-piece big band with strings, and some of the, some of the songs don't have that, but what Dave is doing is just supplementing everything that he's already written. You're going full court. Yeah, full court would be lush arrangements. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lush. Mm, you know, really, really lush. <laughs> I think it's interesting that we're talking about the Great American Sound Book. Yeah. Or songbook, excuse me, because we're also talking about Boscov's Berks Jazz Fest. Mm -hmm. And jazz, it conjures up so many different uh, feelings, different oh, tones, different styles. Yep. And that having been said, because you'd be surprised how many people travel all over the country to come to Boscov's Berks Jazz mm -hmm. Fest, yet there's still a fair amount of people who've never, they know it, mm -hmm. they've heard it, but they didn't take the time, get a ticket and go from right. this area. And, and often there's a preconceived notion, well, that's jazz, and I'm not a fan of that. Mm -hmm. And so I thought this year we would ask all of our guests a little bit about jazz. Mm -hmm. Same questions and see what kind of answers comes up. So who would like mm. to go first? You have these questions memorized, I presume. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's really a a, a a journey, if you will. Do you want me to take notes? No, I do. I see They're all right here. here in my head. I see nothing here. So that's a little. So do you, you know, know why I did that? Your hair, do you? No, okay. do you know why I did that? Sure. Because if I mess up, you'll never know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should my watch. Secret. We should watch every other interview and make sure. See if we get the same five. Exactly. Yeah. If you get same the same ones five. in the same order. All right, let yes. me see if I don't mess this up. <laughs> Jazz. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Jazz means to me, I'll go first since we- That's great. We, mm -hmm. we drew straws at the beginning, so <laughs> we go first. Uh, jazz to me just means the ability to uh, be able to, obviously it takes years and years of playing, but jazz to me is being able to let yourself out of your zone, close your eyes. I talked to Gerald Veasley about this once, and I said to him, Gerald, when you play jazz, what do you do to be able to, to, be able to take it from here to there? And I was a young guy, I was like 25. Mm -hmm. And he says what you, you have to do is you have to be able to make your practice space your, uh, your performance space and vice versa. And a lot of that is just closing your eyes and feeling what you feel. And that's what's so great about jazz is that you get to play it. You get to feel it whether I'm singing a Frank Sinatra tune. I can do different inflections. I can do whatever you know my heart is feeling to do at that time. To me, that's what jazz is. So it's a feeling. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, feeling based on chord changes and notes and sounds and all these things that you've learned up to this point. And the great thing about it is, and Will can attest to this, music, you can just keep getting, uh, you're always gonna keep improving. You know, the minute that you stop improving is when you should stop doing this. You know, you have to keep improving and improving. And what I play now is so much different than what I played 10 years ago. But you just have to keep learning and I'll learn until the day I die, just like Will Will or anybody that plays the instruments. It, it sounds like th there's depth. And oh you yeah. just keep going deeper. Is that a good way of putting it? Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, number two. How has it impacted your life? No, 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 no. Oh, we have to do all five ourselves? Yeah, and then you're going to do all five. <laughs> do we have enough time for that? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. How has it impacted? Lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> I have to clear my throat How has it impacted one. your life? 
How has it impacted my life? When I was 18 years old, I was in the first, actually 17 years old, I was in the first all-county jazz band. Mm -hmm. uh, I played Barry Sax, and our, our, our featured artist that year, now this would have been 1996, was Dennis de Blasio right. and George Rabbi. And what was really, really, really uh, something for me is as a baritone sax player from Governor Mifflin, um, Dennis de Blasio was God. You know, play, he used to play with Maynard and arrange a lot of his stuff and be his music director. And I got to scat with him when I was 17 years old. And I didn't know anything. Doing that at 17, that's young. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know anything what I was doing at that point. But I was doing what I felt. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've always been fortunate to um, at least be able to play what I felt. And Benny Sims really taught me a lot about that, too, is that you have to feel when you play stuff. It's one thing to read it, but when you can feel it, it seems like your heart comes out in it more. So what was the question again? I forget. How has it impacted your life? That's one of the things. So just to go full circle, when I was 17, now I'm 38 years old, um, being able to play it all these years has just you know, allowed me to, no matter what uh, hardships I was going through, and Lord knows I've had a lot of hardships the last five years, no matter what I was going through, I would be able to play music and go to the music and, and let that you know, encompass me and just close my eyes and know that I can get my feelings out but make other people happy as well. So it's been an outlet. For it me. has, yeah, and it's been a good financial outlet too. That, you know, that helps you. It's moment, so beautiful. Right? I mean, I have an accounting degree, but it's beautiful that, to yes. make a living playing music, yeah. Who are your jazz mentors? Uh, definitely Frank Sinatra. Um, now, I, I have sort of a, a vocal... That's interesting. I didn't expect Frank Sinatra. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If, uh, because I'm a vocalist and a sax player, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, Hank Crawford, who was, uh, who was Ray Charles' sax player, uh, Kenny Rankin, who was one of the great jazz vocalists of all time, and these guys we just lost way too soon. Uh, Charlie yeah. Parker, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Coltrane, yeah. Um, David Sanborn. I love David Sanborn's sound. Um, Eric Marienthal, who plays here often. Um, all these guys that you just take a little bit of each of what they play and you try and do your best to emulate what they do, and that's how you become your own player slash singer. Speaking of your own player slash singer, yep. what is your jazz legacy? I have no idea yet. I'm only 38. What do you think it is? I'm hoping. You're working on it. I'm, I'm working on it, and I'm hoping to go national with this CD that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I have the a Great American Songbook CD? Yep. Okay. I have a publicist, uh, Lee Caligori. Say that two times. Um, Lee Caligori, <laughs> Lee Caligori. Just <laughs> <Ryan>. <laughs> uh, My publicist, she's actually going all over the country. She was in Vegas for me. And this is also with Uptown, so it's not just that okay. it's, you know, I'm always, uh, I think about the team. But I've assembled a team of my publicist, Benny, um, producing me, Dave arranging me. She's been to Vegas. She's going to all these open calls. She's actually meeting with CBS this week. Nice. So we're hoping that nice. things are going to keep, you know, going. She's talking to ABC Disney. So I guess in a way I'm trying to be like sort of the next Michael Bublé, but, nice. you know, but, I, but I play sax too, so it's sort of my own unique thing where I'll sing and play, sing and play. So we'll see. I mean, at 38 years old, it's hard to say what my legacy is. Locally, I, I would like to think that my legacy so far is that um, I tried to make people happy and, and tried to uh, you know, teach as many kids as I can. My, my two students right now are at District Band and both got number one for tenor sax and alto sax for District 10. There's so a legacy. That's a legacy. Pa paying it forward and, that makes and me passing feel good. on the music. Yeah. And finally, and this is a hard one, and so I'm not going to ask your favorite, but what is one of the highlights of Boscov's Burks Jazz Fest that oh, sticks with you in your experience? That's easy for me. As, a, as an artist to see, mm -hmm. seeing Kenny Rankin, seeing uh, George Benson, obviously being in the first all-county jazz band, 
Um, but now, um, Mr. John Ernesto has hooked us up with a lot of different shows that we've done. Obviously, when Uptown started 12 years ago, that was a big memory. Um, but the biggest memory for me is being able to jam with a lot of these guys at the Midnight Jam session with Midnight Gerald Beasley. Yeah. And it's neat to be on radio stations with all these guys and, and then show up. And, and every once in a while, they say, oh, yeah, I've heard of you because, you know, my song 220. That has to feel good, huh? It does. It yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, that's my, there's a lot of favorite things. There's the five. You ready? You ready? Sure. Right? I'm now swearing. you know them in advance. Okay. Yeah, think about it. So, what does jazz music mean to you, Will Rapp? To me, mm -hmm. as a conductor, uh, jazz music means I'm going to use one word: listening. Mm. Whereas in the classical realm, it's more about reading. So we've got classical musicians who are great readers and can follow the stick and the tempos and all that. But when we get into the jazz realm, our orchestral musicians have to be able to listen. They have to know where these chord changes are. If we're in a live show and we say in rehearsal, well, we're going to do four choruses of solos, but all of a sudden there's only three choruses and they go ahead, you know, it's, it's my finger to the ear saying, listen, and we're here. And so musicians have to be aware of that. So to me, it's a, it's, it's a great listening form. And that does not diminish the superb technique that jazz artists have because they've developed that technique in their own right. And, and as Eric says, that practice room be becomes their performance space then. That, so you're you know, speaking that to that feeling as well. Oh, it you is. You can't just it's, read it's, the notes. It's a great so feeling. Feel that was it. a, lot a lot of interpretation. How about jazz, jazz music? How has it impacted your life? Well, for me, uh, as, as a young jazz drummer in high school being told I had been selected to play in the Mideast Stage Band. Now they don't have this anymore, but it used to be an instrumental music conference that was hosted by Duquesne University. And yes, you and your drum set will have to get on the Trailways bus and go all the way to Pittsburgh and figure out how to get your thing in the hotel and set up and all that. And uh, uh, it was Ray DeFade at that time who was at the wow. Berkeley uh, School of Music mm -hmm. and he was our guest conductor. And what a great impact to all of a sudden be Everybody around me I felt was so much better than I was and I just had to somehow come up to that level. That was my first real taste of, you, you got to be able to hang with the people mm -hmm, that, <laughs> mm -hmm. that are in the room with you. So uh, it, uh, I, I've always had a great interest in that, although most of my playing has been in the uh, classical vein. I was really trained as a classical percussionist. I had a, a great timpani and classical percussion teacher, Fred Hinger, who was a timpanist of the Philadelphia Orchestra, right, right. went on to be the timpanist of the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. But uh, in the back of my mind, I, I, I was always grooming myself to be an educator, a teacher. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that I've had the opportunity to teach, I have the opportunity to conduct, and every now and then the opportunity to play. <laughs> I like the that. wisdom that you shared that you, you need to surround yourself with people better than you because that is how you grow Work with the best, work better. with the best, right. yeah. The, the, the books you read and the people you meet. Right. It's, it's so much about that. Good mm -hmm. advice for whatever you're doing. <laughs> um, how about your mentors, jazz mentors, who are they? Jazz mentors. Mm -hmm. I, I think for me, uh, just studying uh, artists like Cole Porter, artists like Duke Ellington, just to, just to learn more about their thought process, their compositional process, how things worked, uh, just the beauty of their tunes and whatnot. And then uh, uh, even, even to this uh, current day, we had the um, New York Voices, a quartet of yeah, very talented singers uh, work yep. with, the, with the pops. And shortly after that, uh, Lauren Kinnan, one of their vocalists, released a, a solo album, and she made a songbook available, which I gobbled up immediately to, to just 
check these beautiful chord progressions out, her, her creative spirit, and not only crafting the music, but the lyrics. And I, I actually have my, my jazz vibe students read those pieces and learn those pieces, even though they say, well, it's a vocal tune. That's fine. You, mm -hmm. can, you can learn from everyone. Progressions yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so constantly like trying to learn. <laughs> I, I hear that from both of you. Oh, yes. You know, every, it, it never stops. Every new score no. for me yeah. is an opportunity to, to learn. Mm -hmm. How about your legacy? What, what would you like that to be, or what were you? What are you hoping to leave for others in jazz? Well, I always said to people as I was growing up and working with these great mentor conductors or performers that if I could ever get to be half the people they were, I would I would give it all back and again try to pay that forward to the next generation of young students. So I, I, I feel good about the students that I've been able to teach. Um, I, I feel great that uh, GIA Publishing, who's had a very successful series of books called Teaching Music Through Performance in Band or in Orchestra or in Choir, and finally a series Teaching Music Through Performance in Jazz Ensemble. And I was invited to be the principal author of the nice. chapter on the rhythm section. Mm -hmm. And I got some great colleagues together to get their specialized input. And it was published last year by GIA Publishing. So I think finally, when you have Bill, some things to say and you can yeah. get it in a book, mm -hmm. then that, that does become your legacy. And so I have to stand by what I said now. And, one <laughs> of and I know that you will. And, and finally, um, and it is the tough one, but Boscov's Brooks Jazz Fest, 28 years, you've been involved for so many of those. Mm -hmm. What is a favorite highlight that you ja have for And, and there have been so many over the years, yeah. but in, in, in recent history, I think just coming to the Performing Arts Center on the opening night when Wynton Marsalis mm -hmm. and the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra was there, it was such, I didn't have any responsibility. I could just go and be an audience mm -hmm. member and soak it all in. And it was just, I mean, I've, I've heard them in New York, but it was so special mm -hmm. to hear them here in mm -hmm. Reading. So in a room a that spectator. I've performed in. Yes, yes. That was your favorite so moment. That's absolutely. absolutely. And, and again, that's all, all taking it in because I've s had so many great moments mm -hmm. with all of the uh, collaborations we've had with all the artists. And, and the Pops have been fortunate to be able to have done some firsts. And once again, mm -hmm. in collaborating with Eric and these great uh, new arrangements by Dave uh, De Palma. We're, we're just excited to play some new ink, as yeah, we say, new ink to new us. Ink. <laughs> you know, the opportunities, they go on and on, and I hear from both of you, uh, practice and study and endeavor to be better and, and the desire to pass it on and help others. And then we get to be the audience and consume and, and reap the, the, the rewards, the fruits of all of that labor. So thank you both oh, very, you. very much for what you do, you, for Bill. sharing it with us, and for being my guest here on the Backstage Pass. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you. Bye.